Welcome back to our weekly episode of Chronicles Unleashed, where we bring you tales of life, love, and human error. Our characters, fictitious and the real, suffer from the trauma of their drama and then struggle to rise above it. Good morning, faithful. Remember where we left off in part two of Bless Me, Father, For I Have Sinned? We discovered that Obadiah Gregory is really Lucas St. John, a convicted felon and escapee, and that Father Tom was once engaged to an African-American woman whose daughter looked him up. This is the conclusion of the story. Father Tom said, according to Jillian, at first her mother told her that her father died in Vietnam. Then, before Nora died, she told Jillian that her father didn't die in Vietnam. She gave Jillian his mother's address, my mother's address. After Nora passed away, Jillian visited my mother and then she came to see me. You know the rest. When I first saw Jillian, I knew she was my child. She is the perfect mixture of her mother and me. So when Nora kept calling you, she was really trying to tell you about Jillian, O asked. Against his will, O found himself relieved that Jillian wasn't father's love interest. Yes, that's my best guess. My biggest regret is that instead of praying to God, I tried to be God. I rejected everything he tried to give me and what I said I wanted. I could have been married and had a beautiful child, everything I thought I couldn't have. Father Tom shook his head as he recognized the irony. That's my cross to bear. Now I'll have to let the archdiocese know about her and you. Regardless of the outcome, I intend to have an open and honest relationship with my daughter. And I hope you can get your freedom and we can still work together. God is in control. Hmm. Yes, he is. And between the two of us, I guess he's got a lot of work to do, huh, Father? Oh, marveled. I'm sure he has, but he'll get it done, Father smiled. He's had plenty of practice. Oh, I mean, Lucas. I guess that's what I should call you from now on. I like Luke better, he replied. Luke it is, Father Tom said. Two days later, after Mass, Luke prepared a traditional Cajun dinner, and Jillian joined them. After dessert, Luke quipped, I guess this qualifies as my last supper. Jillian looked confused. You're, you're leaving? Luke looked at Father Tom. She doesn't know. He assumed Father Tom had told her. Your confession is between you and God. It's your story to tell, or not. He looked at his watch and said, Excuse me, I have an appointment with the church council. After he left, there was an awkward silence. I, I guess I owe you an explanation. You don't owe me anything, Jillian said. Then she quickly added, I recognized you, but it wasn't until I got back to my hotel that I remembered that your name is Luke St. John. It's amazing that you've stayed under the radar all of these years. She was oddly attracted to Luke and couldn't deny the chemistry but past experiences had caused her to pump her brakes. It wasn't easy. I'm going to turn myself into the authorities tomorrow. 
after I do, I'll share my whole adventure with you, oh promised. Why didn't you tell your father about me? It's your story to tell, or not, Jillian echoed her father's words. Why didn't you tell him about Gideon? Luke pressed her. I can't yet. How do you tell your father, a priest, that your husband was a crooked cop who committed the ultimate sin, suicide? Talk about having bad judgment and choosing a mate. I just let him know I'm his long-lost daughter. I was trying to take it one nightmare at a time, she said ruefully. I think you'll find that he's a great listener, and he doesn't consider you a nightmare. Quite the opposite, Luke assured her. I'm so grateful for that. I was hoping that he would accept me, Jillian whispered. It took a lot of courage to confront him, Luke said. It takes a lot of courage to face the court system and do what you're doing, Jillian replied admiringly. I'm not sure I can take credit for that. I'm tired of running, and I miss my grandmother, he admitted. Still, many people couldn't do it. I know at least one person who didn't, she replied. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to uncover old wounds, Luke said, shaking his head. It's okay. I've come to accept the circumstances of my husband's death, Jillian reassured him. Well, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned about going back, but somehow I'm ready. I feel like I have God's protection, Luke explained. You're a good man, Luke St. John, Jillian said softly. Luke found himself feeling emotions he had not allowed himself to have in over two decades. I wish we had met under different circumstances. I have no right to ask you this. But would you consider keeping in contact with me? I'd like that, she said. Within a week, the authorities accompanied Lucas Gregory St. John on a plane destined to a jurisdiction where a judge would determine his fate. Father and Jillian bid him farewell at the airport and pledged to pray for him. It had been over 72 hours since Luke had surrendered and they hadn't heard from him. Have you heard anything? Jillian asked as she walked through the door of the rectory. She had been helping her father in Luke's absence at least until she started her new job at the Office of Personnel Management. Father Tom sighed deeply and said, Nothing yet, but remember, God is in control. The Holy Spirit was with me when I wrote the letter of support to the judge. I'm sure that God wouldn't bring Luke this far and abandon him. You sure have a lot of faith, Jillian observed aloud. It's an acquired skill. I wish I had had it when I was with your mother. Things would have been so different. But I'm so thankful that I have this time with you. I feel like I've missed so much, Father Tom said with gratitude. Be glad you missed part of it. Mom used to say I had questionable taste in men. Just once I wish I had proven her wrong, Jillian said. Maybe that's the problem. Instead of trying to prove something, you should focus on being happy and choosing a person who shares your values, Father replied. That's what Mom used to say. It's crazy, but now that she's gone, I find it easier to accept her advice, Jillian remarked. You know, I felt the same way after my father died. 
it seemed that then everything he'd said began to make sense. I'm sure that they're probably both in heaven, enjoying the irony that we finally appreciate their guidance, Father acknowledged. Jillian nodded and said, I suppose so. This Christmas will be so bittersweet. It'll be my first one without her, but my first one with you. He paused and said, You know, your mother deserved better than I gave her. She was a beautiful woman inside and out. I was so self-absorbed, I hurt those closest to me. I'm sure she forgave you. She spoke highly of you and made me promise to look you up, Jillian said. Father's cell phone rang, but he didn't recognize the exchange. Thinking it might be Luke, he answered it. Jillian left the room to give him privacy. Hello, he said. Hello, this is Judge Celia Borlon. And I'm trying to reach Father Tom, an authoritative voice explained. Uh, yes, Judge, this is he, Father Tom responded. Your name was listed as a reference for a fugitive, and I got a letter from you regarding a Lucas Gregory St. John, she asked. Y yes, I did write you a letter. Mr. St. John worked for me for almost three years, Father said. I'm following up with you because I've never had a case when a fugitive just surrendered. After over 20 years. Mr. St. John was convicted of perjury, theft, and abuse of power but not murder. I have options, but I'm not sure which ones to take until I know more about him. What can you tell me, she asked. Luke came to me almost three years ago and applied for a position at the church. Since that time, he's lived in the basement apartment of the rectory. He managed the church grounds, cooked the meals, cleaned, kept my schedule. He's an excellent handyman. Luke attended church every Sunday and has only two vices that I could see. He watches TV and exercises. Besides lying to me about his real name and being secretive, he's been an asset to the church and to me. I kept Luke on because he was honest, clean, and worked for a salary that wasn't even minimum wage for what he was doing. I thought he was hiding from someone who might hurt him. Even when he went to Mass, Luke sat alone. He never had any guests, Father shared. Do you know where he was before he came to you, the judge asked? Actually, no, Father admitted. You hired him without checking references, she asked. As outrageous as that sounds, yes, Father said, and then he related the story of Luke's job interview. I can see how convincing the city to repair your steps for free would make a great impression, he claims that before he came to you, he lived in the woods and did odd jobs, and then he hitchhiked to the city and hid in your church to stay warm when he overheard you say that you needed help. This is such a dilemma for me that Judge Bordelon acknowledged. Are you Catholic? Father asked. Well, yes. Well, why do you ask that? Judge Bordelon inquired. I cannot tell you what he confessed to doing. But I can tell you that he did confess sins to me, Father said. You know, your decision may not be as difficult as you think. How so? the judge asked. Well, why do we send people to jail? Father asked. To deter them from crime and to rehabilitate them. We also want to keep society safe and give victims a sense of justice, the judge answered. That's true. Now, for over 20 years, 
Mr. St. John has lived alone, worked for less than minimum wage, constantly looked over his shoulder, and enjoyed no freedom. Yet, he lived the life of a true Christian and committed no crimes. Had he served prison time, would his life have been any different? Father inquired. Without meaning to, the judge thought aloud, Probably not. Father followed up quickly and said, From what I've heard, more crimes happen in prison, and people rarely come out rehabilitated. Even worse, the state pays hundreds of thousands of dollars to keep people caged up like animals. Would society be better served by allowing him to continue to contribute to the community or by further incarcerating him? Father asked. Well, you make a compelling case, Father. Are you sure you've never gone to law school? The judge asked and chuckled. <laughs> Father said, no, I, I never have. But I've saved enough souls to know when a man is sincere. Will you pray with me about it? Of course, the judge agreed. And I'll make sure you know my decision before it's made public. When the call ended, he called out to Jillian. Was it Luke, she asked? No, but it was the judge handling his case, and I'm cautiously optimistic, Father said as he heard the rectory phone ring. He noted that it was a number from the hospital. I've got to take this. Yeah. Then he, got, he took the receiver and put it to his ear. Yes, room 124B, I'm on my way. Father went to the closet, got his coat, and said, It's an emergency. I've got to go. Let's talk more when I get back. Jillian saw him pick up his bag with essential oils and suspected he would administer the last rites to someone who was terminally ill. She made the sign of the cross and said, God be with you. As he left, Jillian gathered the dishes and began to tidy the kitchen. She felt a wave of depression pass over her like nausea. Perhaps she remembered when her mother was terminally ill. Maybe she was worried about Luke. Jillian began to pray out loud and ask God for his help and deliverance. Then the phone rang. The phone number was vaguely familiar, but she couldn't place it. She answered it on the first ring. Our Lady of Perpetual Prayer Rectory, Jillian Dante. How may I help you, Jillian asked. Hi, Jillian, it's your grandmother. Is your father in? Sue Llewellyn inquired. Hello, grandmother. No, he isn't. He's at the hospital visiting a parishioner, Jillian answered. Careful to hide her disappointment, Sue Llewellyn had been gracious with her, and she appreciated her warmth. That's why he didn't answer his phone. Well, maybe that's a good thing. Let this be a surprise, okay? His two sisters, their families, and I have decided to spend Christmas in Washington, D.C. That way we can see him and you. We planned on attending his Christmas midnight mass. Call it Mother's Intuition. But I think he needs to see me, she explained. He'll love that. I'll love that, Jillian said enthusiastically. She dreaded facing her first Christmas without her mother and at times her grief was just stifling. Her mother had been an only child, and after her parents died, it had just been Nora and Jillian. She welcomed the chance to spend time with her father and his family. Then it's settled. I'll email you when we'll arrive and where we're staying. I love you, Jillian, 
Sue said with sincerity. Love you too, grandmother, Jillian said as she hung up the phone. It wasn't the phone call she wanted, but it was the call she needed. Jillian was still worried about Luke. She found him compelling and wondered if her mother would have approved of him. <laughs> Probably not, but her father might. She'd have to work up the nerve to ask him. Several days had passed and Jillian was exhausted. She wondered how Luke managed to do all that he did. Still no news from Luke, huh? Jillian said. No, but I did speak to the bishop and he was very understanding about you. I'm thinking of creative ways to introduce you to the congregation. I'd like to be as transparent as possible to honor God and to avoid any potential gossip. I also told him about Luke. What did he say about that? Jillian inquired. He was concerned that Luke's connection with his parish might reflect badly on the church. And he said he's glad that Luke is gone, Father admitted. I'm not. Luke seemed to do everything around here. How will you replace him, Jillian said. Hopefully I won't have to. Father said my prayer is that the judge frees him and he returns here. Even if she does free him, what if the bishop doesn't want him back, Jillian asked. You know, interestingly, the mayor has asked me to recommend someone to serve on the Police Reform Commission. It's a part-time position that pays rather well. The job is perfect for Luke. He knows the challenges and temptations of police officers, and he could still work at the rectory. I could present him as a saved soul from my parish. That would make him an asset to the church. I think the bishop would embrace a success story, Father explained. I like that plan, Jillian said. I thought you might, Father said, smiling knowingly. He grabbed his coat as he prepared to leave. I have a meeting at the archdiocese. I should be back before five. Be safe, she said as she locked the door behind him. Jillian decided to share her feelings with her father about Luke when he came home. She prayed as she updated Father's calendar and listened to her favorite Christmas CDs. Two hours later, the phone rang. The number that appeared was from New Orleans. Anxiety-ridden, Jillian hesitated before she picked up the receiver. What if it was Luke and he got a life sentence? After three rings, she found the courage to answer. Our Lady of Perpetual Prayer Rectory, Jillian Dante, how may I help you? Jillian asked quickly and guardedly. Her heart stopped. Well, hello, Miss Dante. Is Father Tom available? A familiar voice inquired. No, he's visiting a sick parishioner. Are you all right? She asked. As her chest tightened, she recognized the voice. It was Luke. Well, there's good news and there's bad news. Which would you like first? He asked flatly. Jillian wanted to wring his neck because the anticipation was killing her. She swallowed, braced herself, and whispered, Give me the bad news. Unfortunately, Mama Sadia passed. I got there in enough time for us to update each other on our lives. The court put me on electronic monitoring allowed me to st and allowed me to stay with her. Two days later, she lapsed into a coma and died. I was with her when she took her last breath. I wish I had visited her more. I won't be able to come back for another week because I have to make burial arrangements, he explained. 
Luke, I'm so sorry. I know how much Mama Sadia meant to you. Jillian comforted him. You know, what bothers me most is that I was away from her for so long. If I had just made some different decisions, I could have been there for her, the way she was for me. It is what it is, I guess, Luke said, trying to resign himself to the outcome. I know how it feels to have regrets, Jillian said gently. She paused and asked, How long will you be able to stay when you come back? What did the judge say? Well, now that's the good news. After hearing my story, talking to Father Tom, and receiving a letter of support from my old parish, the judge said she would take a chance on me and let me go free. Normally, felons are required to stay in the jurisdiction on parole, but she will allow me to stay with Father Tom if he agrees to keep me on, he explained. I know he wants you to stay. Do, do you want to? Jillian asked, almost afraid of what the answer might be. Luke was pleasantly surprised that she cared enough to ask the question and sounded hopeful. I believe that Our Lady is where God wants me, and I'll follow His lead. It's the only place outside of New Orleans that feels like home. Besides, now that Mama Sadie is gone, New Orleans just wouldn't be the same. I understand that, Jillian responded thoughtfully. I know you do, Jillian. Maybe we can help each other, Luke said, acknowledging their grief. Where are you spending Christmas? Here. She recounted the conversation with her grandmother. Seems like she's genuinely glad you reached out to the family, Luke said. Yes, and I'm grateful for Sue's welcoming attitude. But I feel like there's something behind it. Dad said his family didn't know my mother well, but I wonder what that means. Did you ask him? Luke inquired. No, I'm not sure if I'm ready to hear the answer to that yet. Smart woman, Luke remarked. You should spend Christmas with us, Luke. If Father would have me, I'd be honored, he said. I'm sure Dad wouldn't have it any other way. Well, I hope to see you then, but please give Father Tom the news and have him to give me a call, Luke requested. He couldn't see the radiant smile on Jillian's face as she said, I'll tell him the minute he gets in. See you on Christmas Eve. A Plutard. Luke bid her goodbye in French. As she hung up the receiver and chuckled at his use of French, she heard the front door open. She couldn't wait to share the good news. And that is the conclusion of Bless Me, Father, for I Have Sinned. Policing is a lightning rod in the current political climate, all puns intended. Let me know if you think that Luke should have been given a second chance. Hit us up on Facebook and Instagram or on Twitter at Chronicles, capital U-N-L-E, 1. Join us next week for our show on real-life people who received second chances, one of whom was a convicted police officer who went on the run. Invite your friends and family to come join us and become unleashed. We only get paid when we get played, so hit us up every week. Special thanks to Mixkit and Michael Ramirez C for the Chronicles Unleashed theme song, Scripted Life. 
This is Donna Edwards signing off, reminding you that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. There is hope for us all.